Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. If you have a thing for numbers, Alex Jewell, this podcast in store for you as tomorrow, 2-22-22, and a men's game on that day means special deals. That's right. It's $2 Tuesday at the George Gervin game above center, Greg. So great opportunity to bring the family out, bring your friends out. A lot of concessions items priced at that $2 range. There's nothing more affordable, no more better entertainment than to come out to a Division I men's basketball game and have some great value options there as well to feed yourself, feed the whole family, whoever you might need to feed. One of the final few times you can t- take the men's team on and their home court. They will be home on Tuesday. Then they're on the road in Muncie, Indiana, coming up this weekend. And our special guest will have a reason for that being so important as Yusef Jihad will take on his brother Bashir in that contest. The two meeting for the second time on the hardwood. So we have a longer interview with him about his relationship with his brother and being the oldest of six children, how it was to fight every day to get noticed. Well, it's certainly a unique situation. In Eastern Michigan, we've been pretty lucky there where having siblings or sometimes cousins on different athletics teams hasn't been as rare in the last couple of years. Of course, the brothers Roof coach baseball here. The Jones brothers were a fixture in the baseball lineup for quite some time. The House brothers on the baseball team are right now, of course, both on the roster. We've had cousins on the gymnastics team and siblings other places around, but really it's not as common as it really has been at Eastern Michigan in the last half decade or so a really cool story for Yusuf to be able to tell about him and his brother and their relationship and playing basketball. What a special, special thing it is to just be playing Division One basketball, but talk about the memories you'll have for the rest of your life getting to go up against your brother. Yeah. Transfer from Oakland will join us after in a little bit, but plenty of other things going on. We also uh, know women's basketball right now riding a hot streak. They've won back-to-back games and will be on the road on Wednesday, then back home for their senior day celebration against none other than the Rockets of Toledo and Trisha Culp going for a MAC regular season title in the Eagles. Chance to play spoiler. That's right. Toledo has been uh, the cream of the crop in the MAC this season, but first, Eastern Michigan has to go on the road Wednesday, play Northern Illinois, who's been very much uh, improved this year. They're hovering right around that 500 mark, and they've been very competitive in comp play. A win for Eastern Michigan could potentially keep them alive, trying to slip in on the very back 
end of the MAC tournament. A loss will mean the end of that hunt, though. So still something to play for if you're Fred Castro and his upperclassmen. He's got nine seniors, Greg, on this year's roster. So you know they want to go out with a little bit of a strong finish here in their last couple of games with the green and white. Speaking of another team looking for to go out with a bang, that will be two squads that wrap up their championship schedule and the swimming and diving team. They will be in Bowling Green, Ohio, looking to claim their third ever MAC championship and get back on top of that leaderboard as swimming will go there. Bethany Berger, last year, really good for diving. They just have to add a little bit more on the swimming category for a chance there. And then you get opportunities for championships 155 and 156 as well. Track goes to the indoor championships down in beautiful Kent, Ohio this weekend and a chance for Sue Parks and company to bring home that trophy. Great opportunities all across the board for Eastern Michigan. The swimming and, swimming and diving program, we know how strong the diving has been. Derek Perkins has been working very hard to elevate that swimming program and some nice uh, early returns this season. So hopefully it will all come together for them down at Bowling Green. And then every time, we say it every season, whether it's indoor, cross country, or outdoor track and field, there's always a chance with Eastern Michigan track and field, both men's and women's, when they are running well to claim championships, we know that they have some of the best talent in the conference. So hopefully all will be good for them as they try to bring home another trophy. We also uh, have going on men's golf right now. They're down in Hilton Head, South Carolina at the Wexford Plantation Intercollegiate. After uh, the first round, the Eagles were faring pretty well. But right now it's a pretty tough field as follow along on emueagles.com. Meanwhile, it is the women's golf team. They will be out in Rio Verde, Arizona this weekend. No better place to be than in the Valley of the Sun as they try to get back on the right side of things. And then we haven't even hit on two other sports that have been playing well. Tennis will be on the road. And then EMU Baseball opened last week on the road in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Came away, could have had as many as three wins. Only ended up winning one, but a strong pitcher performance to close it out to earn co-pitcher of the week on. That's right. Adam Falinski came in, true freshman pitcher for the Eastern Michigan team. And what an outing he had on Sunday, Greg. Seven innings of scoreless baseball. Gave up just two hits, six strikeouts, three walk, no runs. Of course, no earned runs then. So a fantastic finish to the weekend for EMU baseball. Tennis, you mentioned as well. They had a pretty cool milestone this week as well. Jason Wiseman saw his first victory over a Power 5 opponent. So really, a really great opportunity opportunity for both of those teams to build off those momentum wins right there and trying to continue it on in the month of March. We take another interview this week that will not talk sports and a lot of things that just wrapped up a very important week around Eastern Michigan and around the Mid-American Conference as a whole. It was Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week, and you got a chance to catch up with Tariq Spates, who has been a big part of it with SAF. That's right. They've done a lot of work over the last year to really give student-athletes a voice for change here at Eastern Michigan. So a great interview with Tariq to talk about about all the things that Eastern Michigan has been doing and all the students have been doing, they've been making progress on. And Tariq Space had a lot to talk about about last week, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week. There was a week full of programming, learning opportunities for student-athletes, public um, individuals in the public, and of course, students on campus as well. So he did a great job of kind of summarizing all that, but also really digging deep and having some tough conversations about what diversity, equity, inclusion even means, why it's so important and how we can continue to move it forward. We've, uh, it's an extended interview with Tariq. So uh, we need to get to that for some very important things that he talks about in that interview. But as always, make sure to re-listen to this episode or any other episode on emueagles.com or where 
wherever you find your podcast. And Alex, a busy week for all. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Well, it's all the time that we have student-athletes on the show on the Eastern Insider Podcast, but today we're not going to talk about sports at all in this interview because we're pleased to be joined by Tariq Spades. He's a senior linebacker with the MU football team. You're used to hearing his name called quite a bit in the fall. But this spring, and really throughout his time at Eastern Michigan, has been working very hard at some off-the-field initiatives that has culminated into a lot of different events and uh, different series. And last week was no different Tariq, first and foremost, thanks for joining us on the show, and I'm excited to talk today a little bit about non-football as we get rolling and as we finish up Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Alex. Well, first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about all of the moving parts outside of football. So Eastern Michigan has a group called SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, Mm -hmm. and I know that you're pretty heavily involved with that. So before we get going into DEI Week, Tell me just a little bit about what SAC is, what you guys do, and how that operation works around Eastern Michigan. Yeah, so uh, SAC is uh, comprised basically of all student athletes here on campus. Um, We try to have at least one representative, one or two representatives from each sport um, that we have here on campus, Um, but we also don't turn people away. So like there's four four or five people on the team who want to be engaged on um, what we're doing. We like the more the merrier. Um, but basically we, we work kind of like a student body, um, like a ASB, I guess would in a normal school setting, um, and just put on events, um, try to keep, uh, the athlete to community engagement high. Um, and we just try to give back because there's so much that, uh, was given to us to get us to the positions that we are. Um, so community service is a huge, um, huge spot uh, where we look to help out. Um, but yeah, we basically just, uh, and then on top of that, uh, <clears throat> are the representatives within SAC for, uh, uh, for the students on campus, we try to like be the voice of the student athlete. Uh, so you can see that on all our social media pages, but uh, we're truly the, the I think, 40 of us um, that make up the SAC. Uh, we try to be the voice of student athletes because there's obviously 400 something student athletes here. Um, and we want to make sure that our voice is being heard, not only to the community, but maybe people in administration and whatnot. So like if there's changes we want made um, that they could get made. That's pretty powerful to yeah. say that. You know, you guys are truly in that way acting as a representative for the rest of the student athletes. It's not easy to get all 450 plus into a room and Mm. and hash things out and talk about things. But you guys have grown into an organization that can go to administration if you want or to, to a group on campus and say, hey, these are the things that Eastern Michigan student athletes are feeling and try to get those messages across, right? Yeah, so definitely. Um, And something I've learned just kind of from a practice is like the, the worst that people could say is no. Um, so it's always worth asking. Um, and I've been fortunate enough um, while I've been here at Eastern Michigan, uh, most times when you look for something, you go and ask someone for something um, that administration has been willing to help out. 
um, whether it be in our uh, athletic administration or even talking to like people as high up as the president of the university, um, they're willing to help and willing to listen to us. So that's a pretty awesome thing about Eastern. Well, I definitely want to run on that theme. We'll talk about something that was a big deal for you guys last week and really for everybody on campus. But I, I really quick want to hit on two. I know that you're more involved than just being representative on SAC. You've also taken a leadership position as the social media chair as well. And social media is something mm -hmm. that has grown in every department, every office, no matter where you are in athletics yeah, or not. And I know that's been a big push for you guys as well this year. Yeah, it's been a huge push in me. Um, I enjoy social media. It's kind of like what I do um, outside of football, um, whether it be photography and video and whatnot. But um, social media, just in general, um, businesses and like organizations who are understanding how important that is are the ones who are continuing to be successful um, because people have such short attention spans. And so, uh, so applications like TikTok or Instagram, where you could grab a, a viewer's attention quickly for five, four or five seconds um, and get your message across, organizations who can do that effectively are the ones that are being successful. So um, I, I think that is the best way, especially when you talk about student athletes, um, where we're on a short of time. Um, and so being able to like put a quick graphic together or like put a quick video together um, that could kind of get the information that we want out um, and it could get their attention and they, it could be something they can engage with or not engage with. And we can see based on like impressions, whether or not they like that. Um, I think that's a very powerful tool. Um, so uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, elected to that position. Well, you, you talk about the power that can come with some of the messaging. And then also a big part of that is obviously focusing in and trying to shed light on topics that need it. And I know that you guys have done that across the board. And that was no different. Last week was a big week for SAC and for Eastern Michigan University for the athletic department. DEI week, diversity, equity, inclusion week was something that I know you guys put a big effort into. There was events all week long across campus virtually. Let's go through each of those types of pillars kind of one by one. And I want to hear it from your perspective. When you think about diversity, what is diversity to you? And what does that mean? And how does that connect within athletics? So diversity, and we talked about it several times um, during uh, our e-board meetings and all that. But in my opinion, it's, uh, it's everything that makes you different. Um, but at the same time, it's like everything that makes us the same people. Um, so you can even look at the most simplest form of like, um, on my football team, there's a bunch, there's 120 of us. Um, and even the people who may share the same skin tones, it's not the same skin tones. It's different, different shapes, different colors. Um, and I, I just think that that's such a powerful thing, um, especially in sports. Uh, it's one of the things that we talked about is that like sports can, has the power to trump diversity and all that stuff. And I say that to say, like, you have to learn how to work with people who don't look like you in order to be successful. So for us to be able to win games on the football field, I'm going to have to be able to associate and work with other people who I don't share the same race or I don't share the same background, nationality or whatever. Um, so diversity, that's what diversity would mean to me. Yeah, it's. I think so many people get caught up in just thinking it's skin color, skin mm -hmm. color. But it's so much more than that, right? You just said it. Even somebody who is 
the same skin color or in the public sense, mm-hmm. it, it's not. Or shapes and sizes yeah. are different. Diversity of yeah. thought, yeah. culture, whatever it may be. And I think you said diversity is kind of trumped by sports. But I think now, too, you've been making a big push, and so have the student-athletes at Eastern Michigan, to make sure it's not a trumping situation, but it's an embracing situation. Absolutely. And that's probably a better way to say it. Like, um, uh, embracing what makes us different and what makes us um, unique and all that. And I, I truly think that uh, this past week, it was awesome. I mean, some of the events that we did just to see um, how people like you may not have known are just so unique and it makes them, it just it adds more value to their personality. You've been somebody that's helped lead a lot of challenging conversations in the locker room across Sack, whether, you know, I know you're always somebody that's willing to talk and have the conversation. We're having a conversation right now, and I would tell you, honestly, from my perspective, I think diversity is kind of that pillar of diversity, equity, inclusion that most people probably have the best idea or sense Mm -hmm. of what it is. When you start getting into equity and inclusion, I think there sometimes is a lot of, not gray area, but people have different ideas of what that is. So help me bring together what the equity and inclusion part of that is as well and how they all mix together. Yeah, so um, equity and when we're talking about, uh, so diversity and then equity, like uh, for a lot of the time, especially in America, like it hasn't necessarily been equal grounds for all people of all races or all people of all um, genders and whatnot. And so I think the biggest part, and it's something I learned from my parents is like, um, before you could truly address a problem, you have to say there is a problem. Um, And so I think so many people want to skip over the fact that there truly is a problem before um, just saying like, oh, okay, this problem solved. Like you have to say, okay, at some point in our country, people weren't equal. And in order for us to get back to somewhat equal footing or try to make it um, equal, we have to we have to say it wasn't equal before. Um, And so I think that that was a that was something that we wanted to highlight um, this past week. Um, And that's the E in D.I. Okay, well, let's talk about this past week because there was jam packed different (laughs) activities, different um, ways to reach out socially, different ways to learn as well Mm -hmm. about DEI week here at Eastern Michigan. One of the things that I thought was so cool, I'll go through a little bit of the week, but I'm reading off of the schedule that you guys have put together. Monday uh, was a huge day. You guys were celebrating the first day of the week. Cupcakes for everybody in the SAS offices. Tuesday was something really cool that came into my inbox and everybody else's. Mm-hmm. The DEI SAC cookbook yes. that you guys put together. And I started flipping through, and there's so many recipes from so many different student mm-hmm. athletes and coaches, all different backgrounds, all different cultures. You've got you that have has a steak recipe, mm-hmm. and then there's recipes for things that I've never heard of before. Yeah. What a cool idea. What a great way to bring people together. How did that come about? Because if there's one thing I think most of us can agree on in this country, it's it's food. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was I think, it was spearheaded by Lauren Day, um, who's our, like, uh, SAC liaison through administration, um, and then Ian Cook, who's our president. Um, it was really kind of like culmination of like one of our SAC e-board meetings, which we try to fit in on Fridays um, at 8 a.m. in the morning, even though we all play different sports and all have different schedules. Um, but it was just the 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 Mac um, 
the Mac kind of like word or buzzword was culture. Um, and so we wanted to find a way to include everyone. So that's the inclusion part, um, but also show the diversity of like everyone has different meals. Like you said, there's meals in there that I saw that like, I'm, I don't know what, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. And let me be very clear. There was meals that I had, I saw in there that I've never heard of, but I will but definitely, I'm definitely be trying. trying yeah. they, they, I read the description. I'm like, what have I been missing yeah, out exactly. on? I need to go to Germany. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, it was awesome. And then, uh, and then st- taking a step back once we are, once we finally put, uh, put it out there and seeing like how many coaches, um, players, um, were, were willing enough to put in the recipes and share a piece of themselves because I truly think like food is like a piece of home. Um, it's like the most, the most closest thing to culture. You're sharing a piece like of what you eat. Um, so sharing a part of like maybe their family culture, like just something I grew up with. I think that was so awesome that people were willing to um, share that with us. Well, on top of the cookbook, which again, I need to dive into this week, <laughs> but tell me some of the other things that you guys did to, to promote the week last week and then also have that camaraderie and bring people together to celebrate it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I so during one of the SAC meetings, um, we got together. Um, and it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, uh, owed to something you guys had done, um, during, uh, when everything was going crazy in 2020. Um, but like giving student athletes an opportunity to share what they felt. Um, so it was, uh, it was me putting together a graphic, but honestly in a situation like this, just setting up a camera, um, asking a question and then kind of letting the student athlete speak. Um, and so we shared a handful of those like quick, minute videos um of just student athletes like sharing what they had to uh um say about like certain issues regarding diversity and even diversity um at eastern michigan and all that um so that was one of the things we want to highlight we just kind of wanted like we said like i said the uh our slogan is like being the voice of the emu student athletes so we want to give them a platform to be able to say whatever they feel whether you're a student athlete, if you're, if whether we're looking at it from the lens of the community that we're looking at as student athlete or something you can speak on that I can too, being an African American male and, and being a part of that, when you talk to the other student athletes on campus, whether it's through either one of those lenses or or different lenses that everybody can identify with, sometimes am I wrong in thinking that it's not even so much necessary that you think you can solve a world's problem overnight, but sometimes just the platform to speak and to be heard is a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. I think it's extremely powerful. Um, and I think for like we, like I was saying earlier for many years, several people who did have opportunities to speak on the platform that we did, um, or even myself, I wouldn't have a necessarily a platform like I did today, 50 years ago. Um, and I, I think the power of like just speaking up and saying something is like, it's so, it's so powerful. And especially when it comes from people who were, weren't empowered years ago. Um, I think that's, that's a really powerful thing. There's a lot of people that are listening now that have never listened, but there's a lot of people that maybe aren't listening still. How do you continue to push those messages and continue to stand up for what you believe in. You're wearing a sweatshirt right now that says real leaders lead with love. The mm-hmm. ease, the blocky. So I love it. Um, how do you do that 
and stay motivated and stay positive despite the, the challenges that I know it's got to be frustrating at times, but also great to see so many people that are willing to listen. Yeah. And, and um, just just at my time at Eastern, um, I, I feel like there's been conversations that I've had that with people, um, my teammates who maybe when I first got here, we couldn't have those conversations. And then you build a relationship with them um, bigger than just maybe your athletic relationship. Um, and then you could learn to talk to them about more deeper stuff. Um, so I think uh, one of the things that we're learning about uh, in football in our leadership series that Coach Cardian puts on um, is like uh, there's a pyramid of leadership. And so the first one is uh, is a position. So there's position um, and you could just be given a position and people are going to expect you to be able like leadership and whatever. Um, and then you're, and then the second P is permission. So permission, someone is willing to listen to what you have to say. Um, and then the third P, give me a second. Third P is, uh, wow, I can't remember it at all. Anyways, um, what, what I was trying to say with that is like, is like the the more in time you invest into people, into like getting to know them and like who they really are, um, the more willing they're going to be able to listen to what you have to say and like truly respect whatever you have to say. Um, so to like kind of sum that up is just like you have to be willing to have those tough conversations for real change to happen. Um, like there's a lot of stuff that's uncomfortable, especially regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so having tough conversations, like some of the conversations I've been a part of since I've been at Eastern, um, that's where you're going to see real change. Just ignoring the problem and saying it's not there, the problem is going to still exist. And then it'll be the next generation's problem. Um, so I, I'm, I'm more interested in um, going head up with the problem and dealing with it um, because it's going to be there regardless. So how do you continue to move forward after there's plenty of times where, all right, there's a set week and we celebrate it and we have the conversations and you do the promotions to get things going. When you're thinking about it from your lens on the stack board um, and then as a student athlete too, but somebody who also is so invested in, in the messaging, how do you guys continue moving it forward when it's not just the week celebration and, and continue to make sure people know the conversation needs to be had? Yeah, so uh, there's two parts of that. Um, one of the things that we do in SAC is we call it a safe space. It was something that uh, DJ Ballard, so Derek Ballard. Um, <laughs> uh, but, That's uh, what most people call him DJ. Yeah, DJ. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, it's something that he's our uh, DEI um, chair person, so he's in control of like all that. Um, but anyways, he started that, and it mainly started in 2020 when everything was going crazy. Um, but we've kept it going on. It's basically a safe space. So every every SAC meeting, um, we give, I want to say, like 15 minutes, and we just talk about, like, some – we open up the conversation, um, and we talk about some of those uncomfortable things that people generally shy away from. Um, and that's kind of one of the ways that we keep the conversation going. It's not necessarily all about uh, diversity, um, equity, and inclusion, but, like, we talk about, like, other other uncomfortable uh, topics 
um, there. And then the second thing um, is something that we put together for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week, but we're going to keep carrying on. I think this is going to go all the way through um, late March. Um, but we're watching the Colin Kaepernick uh, documentary series. Um, and so we had our first viewing on Zoom, and we're going to try to move it in person um, into the football team building so we could have a little more engagement. Um, but we had, we had like, uh, I want to say like 10, 15 people in the first viewing, and it was cool. We watched the episode. It was like a 30-minute episode. Um, and then we sat there and talked about it for like another 10, 15 minutes and like Kind of, it was, it was just like an open mic. We there were some like questions that we uh, that Lauren kind of like proctored, um, but other than that, it was kind of just like an open dialogue. Um, people learning about um, it was people of all races. So there was there were some black people in there, some white people in there. There were some administrators in there, which was cool. Um, just kind of keeping the conversation going and like uh, dissecting um, some of the cultural tendencies. Um, that were displayed in the documentary. Tariq, I could go all day having a conversation <laughs> with you. I know that we have to wrap it up for time's sake, but uh, what a powerful, what a powerful kind of last message to, to go with there. And just, I think for so many people, whether it's talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, talking about religion, whatever it may be, it, it's so important to one, do something like, watch the, the Colin Kaepernick series or start the conversation, but then to follow it up with continuing to ask questions mm -hmm. and thinking about it. it. It's one thing to, to read an article, but then have those discussions with people. And it doesn't have to be a large group. Have yeah. them with people in your house, yeah. have them with 10 other student athletes and everything like that can make a difference moving forward. Absolutely. Um, my parents, I'll wrap up like this. My parents told me to be a lifelong learner. Um, so you could always learn something from everything. Um, so just try to sometimes uh, close your mouth and open up both of your ears and just soak up everything that everyone has to say. Tariq, thank you for all that you're doing to, to help spread this message and for everybody here on campus at Eastern Michigan for the fellow student athletes as well. I know they certainly appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate you having me. There he is, Tariq Spates, football player, but today much, much more important role as he discussed his role with SAC and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Week. We'll take a short break. On the other side of this, Greg Steiner sits down with Yusuf Jihad of the Eastern Michigan men's basketball team. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. It was a long process in the transfer portal. You know, I didn't really know where I was going to go. I had a few options, um, mostly looking at community colleges. It wasn't until later that I got more D1 looks. Um, so it was definitely a blessing that EMU contacted me. and. Um, you know, when I found out I was ecstatic, obviously, to be back playing D1, um, also in the same conference as my brother. So that was obviously a, um, a plus and something that was very exciting to me. 
how was the relationship building with Coach Heath and developing the the passion that he has and you see it every day with him? Yeah, I mean everything's new. Um, coach is coming back from from coaching professional, so I think there's you know obviously some new things. Um, we're a new team. Um, it's a you know kind of a new program and reset. So um, everything's been great. You know the development is great. Um, we're working on different things every single day. Um, I feel like he's getting our players better, just, you know, continuing to, to try to develop our skills individually as well as a, as a team. How have you gotten better over the course of this year? Um, I feel like my shooting has improved, uh, even though it doesn't show yet, but um, it's definitely got better. Um, my form has gotten better. Uh, I feel like my basketball IQ has gotten better. Coach Heath is big on the details, so that's something I needed to improve on. I feel like I'm getting better on that as well. The staff's big on, on video and working and through things and watching what you've done. When you watch yourself on tape, does it does it help you get better like that, or is it purely just going through repetitions each day? Absolutely, film is as important as as being on the court and working on your game. Um, so you can see what you're doing wrong, see how you can improve. Um, obviously, positioning and, and different things like that are important things that you can't necessarily see from the per first person point of view. So um, it's definitely good to look at film and see what you can improve on. All right, walk us through. What, what's it like in a house environment with six other siblings growing up? Right. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's chaotic. It's a lot going on, obviously. But, you, you, you know, you build strong bonds um, with, your, with your, your siblings. So it's a, um, a great environment. And these are bonds that you're going to be having for the rest of your life. So um, strong bonds. How competitive were sports when you and were going up with your brother Bashir? Very competitive um, from a young age. Just, you know, wanted to, to beat each other, obviously. Um, just, you know, pushing each other to get better in sports as well. So, um, yeah, very competitive. We definitely got heated at times. How would you describe your relationship with your brother? I mean, are you guys talking every day? Do you talk a, a ton? How's that work? Yeah, we talk a lot. It's a strong relationship. Um, we're definitely we're sharing a, a similar experience as in D1 basketball, also being in the same conference. So, you know, we talk about games, um, talk about how, how this team may have beaten us or how, how you won this, against this team. So um, there's definitely a strong relationship, not only in basketball, but in other things as well. What's your scouting report on your brother when, when you go in and watch him on film? Uh, he's a shooter. Um, he's a big body, a strong guy. Uh, he's going to go try to go to offensive glass. And uh, he likes to drive as well. Off the court, how would you describe him? Bashir's a laid-back guy. Um, he's calm, cool, collected. Just, uh, just, just a laid-back guy, and he's uh, very intelligent as well. How do you push each other in basketball? Um, when we play against each other, I feel like that's, that, that definitely gets us better and, and helps us to push each other. We go to the gym uh, constantly every single day in the summer. Um, you know, just, just giving each other tips and, you know, just giving each other constructive criticism. You know what I'm saying? At, at times, you may not want to hear it, but it's things that's going to get you better. So when you were home over the holiday break, did you guys talk about knowing that right after the holidays you're going to play each other? Of, of course, you know. So you know, just anticipating that. Um, obviously, some friendly banter. Uh, just you know, just having fun with it. Uh, why is being a big brother figure important to you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm first, so you know, all all this, all my siblings look up to me, so I want to set a good example. Um, and, and try to be a positive, positive figure in their lives. When you transferred to Eastern, what was the reaction when you realized you were going to play against Brashear? Or did you even think about that as part of the process? You know, I definitely thought about it. I was excited. I went into the room and told them, you know, I get to play you two times, you know, after 
I got the offer. So um, this, I was excited about it, definitely. Is it weird playing against him? Uh, it's not. It's not weird. Um, you know, we we played one year of varsity together, so we played against each other in practice. Um, we played play each other in open gyms and and things like that. So it's not necessarily a new thing for me. Um, but it's just a bigger stage, I guess. How do you balance the family aspect of playing against your brother versus the need to win the game? I mean, you guys backed each other down in the paint here at the Gervin Center. I mean, was there a little trash talking going on? Uh, no, we, we didn't really say much. You know, um, I feel like once you get on that court, um, it's all about winning. Obviously, it's, it's exciting. Um, but, you know, it's also just uh, it's a big hoopla that's you know, not necessarily um, pertains to the court necessarily. So, you know, once you get in between those lines, you're trying to win um, at all costs. So that's pretty much it. Now you get to go down there in a, in a few days and, and play in Muncie and go against him again. What's kind of your feelings going into that game? Um, you know, I'm gonna be kind of see where where he's been been for the last seven months. So um, I feel like that's cool to come into his house. Um, and as he as he came into mine, so uh, I'm excited to see you know you know what what his what his atmosphere is looking like and things like that, and, and excited to have a, a a good game. What does this EMU team need to do down the stretch? I mean, right now you guys know that you're up against it going hitting the MAC tournament. You've got to start winning. What's, what's the biggest factor down the stretch? I feel like we just got to play together and play smart basketball, high IQ basketball, um, share the ball more, and, and take better shots. What's the future look for you? What do you want to do? I mean, we all know professionals is what everybody's goal is. But right. but if that doesn't play out, what's next for you? Um, I want to be a physical therapist. Um, kind of want to start a health food store. Um, you know, those are some of my aspirations to kind of start a facility that has a health food store next to it. Um, just uh you know, just doing other things other than basketball as well. You know, that's on my mind and try to focus on school as well. You get on your teammates a little bit when you see them on some of these long road trips and they're going into concessions and getting things that might not be the best <laughs> food choices. You know, I, I don't say much, but I definitely cringe a little bit when I see them eating those sour patch or the nachos. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, just <laughs> try to be healthy myself and, and trying to give them uh, a little bit of advice when I can. What's your go-to meal? My go-to meal, I like salmon. Uh, some rice and some asparagus. Being the oldest of, of the group, did you cook much for them? Um, I didn't. I didn't cook that much. You know, I'm not the best of cooks, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't cook as much as I, I probably could have. What's your favorite thing about being here at Eastern? Um, my favorite thing about being here at Eastern, I feel like it's the the development. Um, you know, just the the attention that the coaches give you. Um, not only individually but as a team, and just that that um that want to get better. You know, they're constantly giving you constructive criticism and, and pointing out things that you can be better at. And they're very um, detail-oriented. So I feel like that's gonna help me when I wanna play professional basketball to try to get to that, to that level. Not everybody gets the luxury of playing for two guys that are basically gonna be Hall of Famers in their mm -hmm. career. Greg Campy is special at Oakland, right. Stan's certainly here. What's it like been playing for, for two guys that are really known for their craft? They're, like I said, very detail-oriented. Um, you know, they're intense. They want the best out of you. Um, and they're going to push you, push you to your limits, you know, um, whether that's mentally and physically. So um, I've, I've learned a lot from, from both situations. And um, I'm, I'm continuing to learn and grow. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast.
Powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.